0: Well, good monday morning everybody i am glenn geek from ocala florida
3: and i'm jamie jennings and i'm in norman oklahoma and you're listening to horses in the morning on the horse radio network for march 1st episode 2630 brought to you today by kevin equine good morning horse world i have good news and
1: bad news for you on this monday morning first the bad it's monday But the good news is really good. Jamie and Glenn are here to guide you through another week. Filled with horse talk and a whole lot of fun. Welcome to Horses in the Morning. You know, I was
0: getting the show notes ready for this morning's show, and I realized it's March the 1st. Last year seemed to take 10 years. Last year was so slow. This year is flying by. It's like, it's March already.
3: Speak for yourself. February was 172 days long.
0: Oh, <laughs> you had that little operation thing. Yeah.
3: The yeah. operation and the ice storm and the snowstorm and it was like 30 below wind chill factor for like. All right, two let weeks. me rephrase
0: that. I for those of us you. in Florida, things are flying <laughs> by this year.
3: Look, you said, Mom, it's March 1st. And I was like, yes, we made it through February!
0: <laughs> See, Woo-hoo! you used to be like me. You used to not have those long winters. You used to have, you used to, things used to fly by for you, too.
3: You used to laugh at those of you who suffered in the winter. <laughs> now, I am one of you, and right. it sucks.
0: It sucks. Well, I'm glad. See, one of us on the show has to be able to relate. So thank you well, for taking summer, one for the team. Exactly.
3: This, this spring and summer should be lovely for me, Lord willing. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do some
0: daily whinnies. But we do have a, before we do that, we have a great show planned for you today. Her name is Lisa, and she's, she has ridden in Iceland every year for the last many years. And this year, they're doing what they call the Dream Tour, and you too can go along, covering 1,800 miles in 52 days. Now imagine that, riding Icelandic ponies, tolting your way through 1,800 miles in 52 days in some of the most beautiful scenery in the world. Uh, I th- We'll ask if that's in the summer, right? <laughs> Do you think they have 52 days in the summer? That's another question. Plus equestrian first world problems, and we're going to talk about Napoleon's horse, Marengo. All of that coming up on today's show. <music> But today's Daily Winnie, I have birthdays, of course. Happy
1: birthday, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday
2: to you.
0: <laughs> happy birthday to Kat Thompson and Nicole mauser And we want to wish you both a happy birthday. You know what? I have no new auditors from last week. So if you would like to help support the Horse Radio Network, you can do that by going to horseradionetwork.com. Scrolling down to the right-hand side of the page, you'll see the auditor banner. And for as little as $3 a month, you too can contribute. If you love the show and you want to help support Jamie and, and me and the network, uh, you can do that by just donating as little as $3 and a month. Th- there are
3: that. people that do it. You would not be the first. There are people that do no, it. We're and- over
0: 500 now. I know. Well, see, I
3: listen to a podcast and they talk about it all the time. And I'm like, I would never do that. (laughs) I'm like, but I would do it for me. (laughs) I
0: support probably, I've never talked about this, but I support about 10 other shows that I listen to uh so if i like their show i support them i just go in and a couple dollars a month and i just feel like i'm i'm helping them keep going because i want to i want them to keep going
3: so in my daily winnie glenn i will show you and tell all of you how you can become millionaires so just stick around all right good well let's (laughs)
0: well before you do that um let me guess you're an amway dealer now
3: i am not is that still
0: around by the way
3: I don't know. I don't think you me up for that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now it's you know, there's all sorts of ways to spend your money and invest in your friends, but I'm gonna tell you the way that horse people want to invest in their friends, and that is by buying shares in a racehorse. Does it get any better than that? Okay. So there's this horse named Monomoy Girl, and for those, her name sounds familiar because she's like won $4.5 million in like 13 races or something silly like that. 16 starts, she's won $4,576,818. Monomoy Girl, she won the um, Breeders' Cup Distaff twice. She won the Kentucky Oaks. She wins everything. Anyway, so check this out. Myracehorse.com dot just became a partner in her, and and Chad doesn't know this yet, but we're going to become purchasers of a racehorse because <laughs> per share is forty six dollars. Aren't you getting you in a get, little
0: late though? She's already won everything, and then they're, they're gonna going to retire her right. I you know, but they're
3: gonna, They're saying they're going to campaign her this whole next year. And do they offer insurance? No, (laughs) (laughs) but for $46 a share, you can own part of Monomoy Girl equity per share. Ready for this? Yeah. yeah. Point zero zero (laughs) five. You can own. I don't even know how to say that out loud. I don't Um, either. But if I buy a couple, I can, if I buy two shares at $46 That's like half of a
0: half of a percent.
3: I can own (laughs) half of a half of a percent of a horse. That is amazing. And um, yeah, you go to MyRaceHorse.com. We need to get them on. That basically means you own
0: one hair on the tail. And if they brush the tail and your hair comes out...
3: I'll take it. I'll take it. (laughs) And you know why? Because she sold last fall in the sales ring because she was being being sold at a a big uh, broodmare and racehorse sale at Keeneland. And she sold for $9.5 million. It tied her for second all time. Of course, Havre de Grace sold for 10 million. So she almost made it to Havre de Grace, but she also, I mean, songboard is sold for $9.5 million. So this mare is going to keep on running. And you know, my husband has a, his phone and he plays with stocks all the time. So like you put like a little bit of money in and I move stuff around. It's really fun for him. I am going to have an app <laughs> where I get to follow him girl, because anyway, myracehorse.com. you can go and see her there. You can go and buy a share. 46 bucks to own part of Monomoy Girl and there are some benefits to owning Monomoy by the way over the weekend she won a huge raise at Oakland Park so she does travel all around she's been to California to New York and then now she was down in Louisiana so there's potential does it to own say, part of her a serious
0: note does it say do you ever get paid out anything how do they do that do they pay out dividends every year
3: okay so the she's valued See, I don't know all of these terms, Glenn. I don't understand business all that well because I never <laughs> finished that part in college. Um, but you will get paid, and, and I think you own what they actually. Do you say have to wait till you, she like
0: dies, and then they pay you out. You own
3: a part of her. You could possibly get paid for the breeding stuff. I don't know. Uh it doesn't matter, when, <laughs> It's Monomo Girl and you can own so the price per share breakdown is I should know better than value that. Value you a business horse. question. <laughs> yeah, fun, Whatever. Uh twenty nine dollars for the horse value, the six dollar acquisition cost, which includes the part of the vet check and bloodstock fee. The expenses four dollars a year. Wouldn't it be awesome? That's your if we HOA had $4 fee. Four dollars a year. A year? <laughs> and admin and training and care expenses, and then management of her of your share is seven dollars. So that is how the forty six dollars breaks down. Please say I'm they call it an
0: HOA fee. You know your homeowners association fee. It's your horse association fee.
3: It. You know I can't find where it says how you make money. You see, I was wondering
0: about that. We need to get somebody on to kind of explain this.
3: Yeah, so let's get from from um, MyRacehorse.com. We'll find somebody on to talk about it. But basically, you can own part of Modern Boy Girl. They're going to sell 10,200 shares at $46 per share. And um, yeah, I mean, she just won a million-dollar grade one race this past weekend. You
0: missed out on that. Now she'll never win anything again. You joined she up. So. She's screwed. <laughs>
3: she, she came around the corner in the race the past weekend. Came around the corner, and she was sitting in third. And it was like she teleported, whew, right up to the front, and she's three and a half ahead. It was insane. So, uh, and she she loves the mud, she loves the good weather, she loves it all. So she's a great. I think that she's a fantastic. Business purchase, and if and
0: legally now I have to do the disclaimer (laughs) that uh, Jamie is not anybody that you should ever listen to anything about buying stock or shares on a horse. Uh, Do it at your own risk. Ever, but
3: emotionally, I will lead you (laughs) in the right direction.
0: And now before we totally get into trouble today with the legal department, let's uh let's talk about a- your wife. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, Jimmy. Uh so you know, we uh we were talking about the ex-Rolex, now Land Rover, and how it was going to go ahead without fans. And we, at the time, we were all going through that together, raising money to keep it going and all that. Uh, We talked about the fact that how badminton was doing it, so why couldn't we do it? Well, bad news. Badminton horse trials, which always happens the week after uh, Land Rover, happens at the beautiful badminton estate over there in in England, um, is not happening. Uh, I saw that
3: news this morning. It was like getting punched in the gut. And now I wonder if they're going to fundraise to try to keep it around.
0: I don't know. We're going to find out in the post-show today. I have John Kyle, who, of course, is the announcer everybody knows. He travels the world, done Olympics, done – does Land Rover, does – Bad he's mentons. John Kyle. He's John Kyle. He's coming on in the post show today to talk to us about this, and of course, I, I'm sure he was scheduled to announce at it. And you know, just to catch up with John, he's not had a lot to do last year, so we'll. Uh, do you know what? Catch I can up with tell him.
3: him. How he can make some money back?
0: Buying resources. <laughs>
3: And Monomoy Girl. <laughs> I'll give him the link.
0: You do that. You give him a piece of advice there. So we're going to talk to John in the post show for the auditors. Another great reason to become an auditor uh, because we do we do have a post show that we continue this show after. Usually it's talking about nonsense, but today we'll actually be talking about something important. So that's coming up in the post show today. And uh, I feel bad for them over there. They've been locked up and now they're coming out of lock up a little bit and they have this punch in the gut, but we'll talk to him about why that all happened. Uh, let's uh, let's go right to the fact of the day.
3: What do you say? I have a Okay, well, do you want me to update day, you too. on your a whole uh, question about how we're going to make money on my racehorse I'm on a mortgage Oh I'm yeah, mortgage. do you have an answer? Oh. It says my racehorse Dot com paid $300,000 for 51% of Monomoy girls racing rights through the 21, 20, 2021 season and will be responsible for that portion of her training and care costs. So all net revenue and unused funds will be returned to shareholders. So you will make money. The shareholders will receive a portion of the net earnings per race all the way through the 2021 season. All right. You need to keep us
0: updated. Uh, on on when you get payout checks,
3: I'm um, it's going to happen on the daily, Glenn. I mean, she's amazing. <laughs> you know how we say
0: in uh, when you're in TV, you get mailbox money for the residuals. I yeah. want to hear about your mailbox money. Okay. Oh my
3: god, it's just you're going to be like, I should have invested. <laughs> I should have got in on that.
0: <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm going to hold my breath. And now it's time for today's equestrian. Who knew? Fact of the day. Well, you know, we all have heard about the Sergeant Reckless. We've talked about Sergeant Reckless a lot on the show here, but there's been many famous war horses over the years. How about Marengo? Do you know who Marengo was? No. Well, Marengo is a little Arabian stallion that belonged to a little emperor named Napoleon Bonaparte, Bonaparte. (laughs) and he was a little emperor. Uh, It was his favorite horse. Apparently, he had like 56 horses that he could choose from on any given day, but for many of his battles and campaigns, he chose Marengo. He came to France in 1799, and in 1800 was named after the Battle of Marengo between France and Austria. He was wounded eight times in his career without ever throwing Napoleon. Napoleon never fell off. He never that threw Napoleon. That little guy can stick. He, he can stick. Uh, Napoleon's horses were trained to be fearless, obedient, and remain calm in chaotic battlefield. Remember those were the days when a gunfire was in place by the 1800s. Uh, French riding masters would fire guns close to the horse's heads, suddenly wave banners or swords, and drive dogs to run through their legs. Each of the horse, well basically only horses that could be trusted to not bolt or rear up were allowed to carry the emperor. And I assume you didn't want to piss him off by giving him a horse that was nuts, right? So, uh, he accompanied Napoleon on numerous campaigns, including the Battle of Waterloo in 1815. And for those of you that remember the Battle of Waterloo, it didn't go well uh, for the French, uh, and the British captured the horse, and Marengo was sold to Lieutenant Colonel Angerstein of the Grenadier Guards. Uh, so he went back to England. He stood at stud very unsuccessfully, apparently, at New Barnes in England. And at the age of 27, they said they were trying to, uh, uh, get him to still breed, and he wasn't having what any was parts they of trying that. Trying
3: to get, he's a little Arab. What are the British like? Let's breed him and make more cavalry horses. Like, <laughs> w-
0: <laughs> and it's. I was surprised too. Maybe I got to look into where there are a lot of Arabs used, uh, you know, in those days for cavalry horses. I didn't suspect so, so you, but who this knows?
3: Segment just makes us ask more questions it does. than gives us answers. He
0: died, though they retired him from stud duty, which he wasn't good at, or maybe he had been injured in that part, who knows, during one of his battle wounds. Shot in the balls. Yeah. (laughs) He eventually died at the old age of 38, so he lived for a long time, and his skeleton, minus two hooves, was preserved and later passed to the Royal United Services Institute and is now on display at the National Army Museum in uh, Chelsea, London. You can go see his skeleton. And I saw pictures. It is just a skeleton there. Uh, And
3: there's no front feet on. There's no hooves. Yeah, that's
0: correct. And one of the hooves was given to the officers of the Brigadier uh, Brigade of Guards as a snuff box. Ew. And the other hoof was mounted as a silver inkwell and retur- or retained by the family and is still owned by the family but it's on loan to the Household Cavalry Museum.
3: I went to the Household Cavalry you Museum did? but I do not remember seeing you a did? random hoof. Yes. Uh, when I was uh, encased
0: in silver. <laughs>
3: I don't remember seeing that. No? <laughs> I went to a Calvary museum. I don't know. Maybe it, was it wasn't host. that
0: Calvary museum. <laughs> so there you go. That's the story of Marengo. Now, I, I do have...
3: I in a hoof. Ew. I know.
0: <laughs> and they do... I wonder how long they take to, take to stop smelling. I don't know. Warhistoryonline.com had an article called The 10 Most Famous War Horses in History. So who do you think was number one?
3: Sergeant Reckless.
0: And I got to tell you, still every time you go into the New World Equestrian Center and you see that statue in front of all the flags in the hotel, it, it just takes your breath away. It really does. So cool. It never gets old. Um, we
3: should get Robin, uh, who wrote the book, and, and also the, the sculptor, which is the one who did the same the secretariat sculptor, sculpture in Lexington. Thought, we should get them on to talk I thought it. we should do a special episode.
0: It's probably yeah. time to do a special episode of Sergeant Reckless and get a whole bunch of guests on that, you know, have, re- have something to do with Sergeant Reckless now and make a whole Just episode out. It. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Do a narrative type episode. I think that would be great. We ought to do that. Uh, who, can you guess some of the other war horses that might be in the top 10 list?
3: Um, I'm going to go with Marengo.
0: Marengo is on the top 10 list. That is correct. Ding, 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 ding.
3: Good okay, let guess. me open up the list. Now, don't
0: open up the me. list. You're not allowed to open the list. Now, this goes back into ancient days. So, one of them you should know. I should? Oh, uh, yeah. We've talked about this one. I mean, ancient
3: oh, days. Oh, Rob, i Rob Robert E. Lee's horse. Is it? Is that who it is? Yeah. Robert Rob is a t- 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 traveler.
0: Yes. Traveler's on the list. Yes. Uh. That that wasn't as ancient as I was going to go, but Traveler was on the list. Uh, And it was, you know, obviously one of the most famous horses of the Civil War, right? Um, And, of course, there were a million statues with him on on Traveler. Uh, How about uh, going way back in time? The first, one of the most famous horses in history.
3: Um, bucephalus,
0: yes, look at you.
3: Good that, job. That's wait, that's like ancient, history, ancient
0: history. And who rode bucephalus? Alexander the Great. Oh, look at you! I am so impressed. Thank you. All right, so we got Sergeant Reckless and we have Morango. I, I
3: named look, sorry, I named Sergeant Reckless Morango. Cephalus and Traveler. You got four. I only know Traveler because he was a a redneck guy, trained horses for in Kentucky, and he named his horse Traveler after the great Robert E. Lee. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I don't know if I'm comfortable. (laughs) All (laughs) right. It's okay. Am I going to get canceled? (laughs) (laughs) How about
0: uh, Comanche? Uh, Comanche, uh, was bought, uh, by the U.S. Army in 1868. Uh, Captain Miles Keough of the 7th Cavalry bought him and, of course, uh, fought, uh, and was wounded, had many, many wounds during that time. Apparently, these horses were really tough. Uh, Comanche, uh, All but Comanche, in in 1876, all but Comanche was killed in the Battle of uh, Little Bighorn. So, you know, all the horses were basically killed during that battle except Comanche. He died in 1891 and is given a military burial. Uh, So he was in the Indian Wars during that time. How about uh, you knew Traveler, but did you know Grant's horse?
3: No, I, I'm uncomfortable enough talking about that type of history. <laughs> Being from Georgia,
0: <laughs> Grant's horse was Cincinnati. Uh, was one of uh, was one of his horses the one he rode the most, uh, and the horse was the son of Lexington, one of the uh, America's fastest horses in history. So,
3: Lexington was a like a big uh, breeding sire, wasn't yep, he? Yep. Yeah. yeah, and racehorse at the time. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, so Cincinnati was one of those. And then well, there was Copenhagen. Uh, the Duke of Wellington's horse acquired in 1813 uh, and was named Copenhagen because of the Second Battle of Copenhagen, which the British won.
3: They didn't uh, name him until the Second Battle? That's yes.
0: Uh, do you think that the— wasn't, Isn't there a Copenhagen Chew, speaking, coming back to that? Isn't, <laughs> there, isn't there a, a Chew, a Snuff or something named Copenhagen? Uh, so, so uh, yeah. So that, uh, that that goes back to the ancient times too. what do you call the ancient times the most famous day in the life of Copenhagen to take this full circle, and his rider occurred in June 18th of 1815 during the Battle of Waterloo. So uh, Napoleon was defeated, and, and uh, Copenhagen was in that battle, written by the Duke of Wellington. There you go. So there, there's full circle. We know two of the horses that were in the Battle of Waterloo now. Uh, are, this one I've never heard of. Uh, po- Palomo? Palomo? Was a tall white horse of Simon Bolivier, the liberator of Latin America. So, apparently, that was a...
3: Paloma! Paloma.
0: B- okay, thank you.
3: I don't uh, know. I'm guessing.
0: <laughs> and and here's one that I don't know anything about. Uh, this one was bought in uh, 1914, carried in World War I. Marshal Joseph Peluche. Uh, it was his faithful companion during oh, metal guy. battles in World War I called Cox Tag Kugstenka. I don't know anything about that one. That's new on me. It was uh, uh, during 19, fought in World War I during the like 1914, 1915 era, but actually lived in 1927. So apparently made it through the war. And then there's one other one they really dug to ones I have no idea what they were and can't even pronounce, and that's Cheetak. Cheetak belonged to Maharana Protap, the king oh of God, India this is so painful to in hear
3: 1576.
0: That's one of the reasons I did it was to drive you insane. Uh, so apparently that was an Indian king in 1576. So uh, that's the last one. I don't know a couple of those, but I knew some of them. I probably knew about six of them.
3: Well, I had to Google um, Lexington because I was like, "Did Lexington win the Kentucky Derby?" was no, a little before Louisville
0: Kentucky Derby.
3: No, the famous racehorse Lexington was born in 1850, was fifteen three, and in 1855, see, this is a rabbit hole I care about. It's a racehorse one. Set a record at, in New Orleans by running four miles in seven minutes nineteen and three. Four miles. Four miles. <laughs> <laughs> four miles. What were they doing running
0: four miles?
3: His greatest fame was as a sire to numerous broodmares and successful racers, one of whom was named Preakness, the namesake of the classic race at Pimlico. He died in July 1st, 1875 at Woodburn uh, Woodburn Farm in uh, Kentucky. And he was buried in a coffin in front of the stables that housed his harem, they said. And finally, (laughs) in 1878, A.J. Alexander, his owner, Donated the horse's bones to the United States National Museum. So then they dug him up, out of his grave, and then they prepared him for exhibit. Currently, it says the articulated skeleton can be seen on display at the International Museum of the Horse in Lexington, Kentucky.
0: So he's at that. the horse. Do you park? remember that?
3: I don't remember that, but well, I've been, been spent there, a through really there many, time. many times. <laughs> Oh. I don't know. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've been to the museum. So I uh, I, I was probably like, ew, gross, a skeleton.
0: <laughs> so what was was the what was Lexington, the town named it wouldn't've would have been named before the horse. So was the horse named after the town?
3: No, the it, it, uh, the rabbit hole that I went down did not go that far. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, there you go. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to look that up too. How did Lexington, Kentucky get its name? While encamped at the location this location, the pioneers received word of the shots heard round the world and the first battle the American Revolution War at Lexington, Massachusetts. They then named the settlement in honor of this monumental event. Okay. There you go.
3: So the horse was named after the town.
0: Yes, it must be. Or the or the battle. I'm not sure which. I'm not sure which. And we're never going to answer that on today's show. So why don't you uh, talk to us about our sponsor? Because that's something we do know about.
3: A fallen section of fence can certainly throw a wrench in your day. Aside from a headache and repair bill, it might also allow your horses to get out and other creatures to get in. An offense is not unlike the intestinal barrier this way. It needs to be strong and functional to keep the good bugs in and the bad bugs out. But what happens when you have a down section of fence or loose and tight junctions in the gut lining? Holes or leaks in your horse's intestinal barrier known as leaky gut syndrome can result in various health and welfare problems. And it's not a small problem. Gut issues are the number one cause of premature death in horses, but there's something you can do about it. Good nutrition and attention to gut health can help promote immunity, performance, healthy weight, nutrient absorption, and a positive attitude. For optimal health, ensure your feed includes Clostat, Beautipurl ZEQ, and Chem Trace Chromium from Kemen Equine. Learn more at kemen.com slash leaky gut. That's K-E-M-I-N.com slash leaky gut.
0: Well, coming up next, we have Lisa Loewenberg, and she has been known to ride in Iceland a few times. And this year, she's going to be attempting something that just sounds absolutely nuts. So we're going to talk to her about that. Lisa, how are you?
4: Hey, I'm doing great. Glad to be here.
0: So where'd the love of Iceland come from?
4: Uh, Love of Iceland. Kind of a long story. I'll make it short for you. I had a friend of a friend call me needing some riding lessons and she came in and she said, hey, I'm going to Iceland. I'm not really a rider. Can you teach me real quick? And I thought, why in the world would you go to Iceland? And the more she told me about it, as we were riding, I started going, hey, I might want to do this. And that was 11 years ago. And I went that one time with her and then I thought, I'll just go back one more time. And it's, it's almost addictive. You just go, and it, it 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 takes you almost to another time and place, and you just lose all of our craziness that we have here. And they're definitely not talking about politics or, or <laughs> any of the stuff that we do. So it, it's just so refreshing to get away.
0: Is it the so, ponies? Um, Is it the people? Is it the countryside or all of those?
4: It is all of it. First of all, you'd be in a whole lot of trouble for calling them ponies. Oh, sorry. They don't Ugh. like that.
3: <laughs> Not um, ponies, Glenn.
4: <laughs> I know they are technically horses, but you know how we are in America. If we love the horse, we call it a pony anyway. Kind of a term of endearment.
0: Yeah, we call but all horses ponies here. <laughs> so
4: we do. Yeah. We kind of do. If if they're cute and we love them, they're a pony. Right. Yeah. Um. So um, the horses there, of course, are amazing. Um. Any horses that are in Iceland are born and bred in Iceland. If they ever leave, they can never return. Um, that way they keep their, their horses pure. They are the purest breed in the whole world because of that. They have no horse diseases there. Um, you know, They keep the best of the best horses in Iceland. And um, the Icelandic horses do, and most people know, a famous gait. Um, they do walk, trod, and canter. But they also do a gate called a tolt which right. is a four beat gate which is very smooth you can ride it all day long cross hundreds of miles and you know you're you're like sitting in a Barca lounger at home um, they also some of them do a gate called a flying pace which I've only done by accident it's extremely fast I don't know that I and, and built to go quite that fast. Well,
3: if but, you say that you did it by accident, that means you got run away with, right? Well, it means that I I actually was trying out a
4: saddle and got on a horse and carried a crop and got cruising along. And he was a competition horse and decided to show me how to how to do that. But generally, these horses don't run away with you, especially on tour. They're out with a loose herd. Sure, mm. sure, sure. And they want to stay with they want to stay with their herd, you know. Do Why they, would you
3: run off into? No, no, no. I have a follow-up yeah. question, Glenn. What type of competitions yeah. do they have in Iceland for horses? They
4: have some really big competitions. Um, there is one that comes every two years called Landsmont. and you would think all of Iceland shows up. It's a big cultural thing. They're very proud of their horses, and they. They do competitions kind of like we would here, where they're judging the gait. They're judging the temperament of the horse. And then just for fun, they will do flying pace races where two horses go out and they race down a stretch. And then the winner of that will go against. Match um, races. Yeah, they are kind of like match races. But um, most of their horse shows are on confirmation, their gait. Um, how they carry themselves, um, those type things, and a lot of that is for, you know, then those horses would be used for breeding type thing. So, you know, all the farmers go and watch to decide which horses they want to use for breeding for their stock. Now, so, um, is very, Iceland far? Very en- big
0: deal. Is Iceland far enough up that it has the very short days and then long nights and and reversed in the summer? Is that is that? work there?
4: Absolutely. So right now, they're they're starting to get longer days. But if you get right in the middle of winter, you're going to have a very short day. Um, You know, the sun may be up three or four hours. But that being said, you then get the northern light, which Mm. is absolutely amazing. So you're never really in the dark, dark. Um, You know, the moon is up. It shines and reflects off of the snow. So you're kind of dusky during that time. During the summer, it's quite amazing because the sun is up almost 24 hours a day. It'll go down behind the horizon and pop back up. So um, you could literally ride 24 hours a day if you wanted to. So So that's pretty neat.
3: That is amazing. I mean, let's talk a little bit about ride riding Iceland. It's riding com. You guys do have a winter ride and a tour of the Northern Lights. Do you work, Does is this your company or are you just a, like a fan of it or how does that, how does that work? Well, I started out just as
4: a rider, um, became a fan. Now I'm very close friends with the, the owner of the company. So, um, I'm not a paid employee. I'm just, I'm one of those people that believes if somebody does you a great service, you go and tell somebody else. Right. And as you can tell, I, I love Iceland. I love the culture. I love the people. I love the horses, the landscape. And it's become such a passion for me. So in Americans, I'm not sure if everybody knows that Americans are a little bit needier than some of the other cultures, <laughs> the other countries. So when we're booking a tour, we have lots of questions, and we need to talk to people a whole lot, a lot more than your European travelers. So I've kind of taken on that role of talking to the American travelers and helping them pick the right tour so they don't get there and pick something that's harder than they need or something that they're going to be bored with either way, because they do have tours for all different levels of riders. Well, like so, the one, so that makes it nice.
0: The one you're talking about for for this year, this summer, I assume, the Dream Tour. I mean, I assume you're going to have to be some level of uh, experienced rider to do 1,800 miles in 52 days.
4: Yes, you do all parts. Now, th- it is broken into six parts, and this um, tour is due for riding Iceland. Now, they do have all of their standard tours still running: the Diamond Circle, Midnight Sun. Those things, if you don't want to commit to something that's a little harder, Um, we do have a few riders that are doing all six parts, all 50 days of riding, and you know, the 1800 miles, and it may actually be a little bit more than that because I'm getting my kilometers confused with my miles here. Um, So it may even be a little bit longer than that. But um, yeah, you would have to be in pretty good shape. And to do these, they do want you to. You can't be a beginner rider. You can't be an American who shows up and says, yeah, I rode once in summer camp. Very <laughs> when well. I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm a horse trainer. I rode once at summer camp. Yeah. yeah. You, you will get some of those. I'm sure you've heard but, that, too. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you get there, and you're quite surprised when that happens. But um, now, do you switch horses?
0: Do you trade horses in and out? Are you riding the same horse? Like, even when you go over and you do your tours, uh, let's say it's for a week, are you riding your sa- the same horse for a week or are you switching horses?
4: You are switching horses throughout the day. So when you go out on the rides, you will take, and especially on the Dream Tour, for example, there will be 80 horses in the herd. There will be between 10 and 20 riders, and that includes the staff. So half of the riders will they will be given a horse. They'll go, they'll lead out, they open the gate, the loose horses, probably around 60 loose horses, will follow out, and then the back riders will come behind it just to make sure that the herd actually went where it was supposed to. Um, They stop several times for break, and definitely at lunchtime, you'll put your horse back into the herd and they give you a new horse. Now, you may or may not ride the same horse twice in a whole week's time. And for me, that was very challenging because here in America, I like to ride my same horse. I know exactly what it is. But at the end of the week, I'm like, wow, look what I did. You know, I I went outside my comfort zone. But I cannot tell you that any horse is any better than the next. I always think this is my favorite horse, the one I'm riding. And then they give me another one and I'll go, oh, this is my favorite horse. They're all amazing. Um, I do have a couple that I'm always going, please give me that one again. (laughs) But I've never had one. They have over 200 horses at this farm. And I have never had one in 11 years that I haven't been completely thrilled with riding. That says a lot. To have that many horses and to have them all be
0: great. So on a trip like this, are you sleeping in tents along the way? How's that work?
4: Most of these rides, you will stay in like what they call a farmhouse, kind of like an Airbnb type thing. Um, So you'll have bedrooms and there's usually two to three guests that'll stay in a room. Um, So it's set up like a house. You're renting a house. There'll be bathrooms. Um, On these particular tours, the dream tour, you will be in a different location each night because you're traveling a a long distance. So um, a bus will take your suitcase to the next location and meet you there. So the horses do not return each day to the same place. You're, you're going quite a distance. And that makes it fun. You know, you show up and go, wow, here's a new place. And, you know, they always cook for you. You, I'm very disappointed at the end that I didn't lose weight. They feed you way too well.
0: <laughs> okay, they'll, they'll, um, I have to stop you there because um, – I I imagine what they eat in Iceland, and Jamie is a vegetarian. Would she starve?
4: She would not starve because they are (laughs) going to ask you before your tour if you have any allergies or, you know, foods that you don't eat, and they will make sure that, you know, she's not going to starve when she gets there. There are quite a few vegetarians that come through. There may be somebody with a peanut or a soy allergy, and they make sure That they don't serve those ingredients while you're there,
0: or or people like me who just don't like fish of any kind or seafood of any kind.
4: If you don't like fish of any kind, you just kind of let them know. Okay. And um, the meals are kind of family style served, and there's always if you have something served and you go, "Mm, I'm not sure I want that. There's always salads and vegetables and fruits. And oh, you wouldn't starve, Jamie. You'd be
0: okay. You'd be all right.
4: She'd be, she'd be perfectly happy because they have all of those. Um, you know, like I said, I come back and I think, gosh, I rode hard. I get on the scale and I'm like, no.
0: All right. Before we run wait. out of time, though, I have the most important question. Yes. Do they bring yes. Brenovan along?
4: They do bring some Brenovan along. I have not tried it. I hear it is quite, quite powerful. But um, they do bring it along. Isn't that like um, that's I,
0: like a schnapps, right? Isn't it like a schnapps? I've never you had know, it. I'm
4: not really a not really a drinker, so I really couldn't compare. Okay. But I know that it, it's pretty it's pretty powerful. And if you eat one of their cultural meals, like fermented shark, which I don't really recommend, <laughs> um, they usually a, a quick gulp right behind it to chase that down. So, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty strong, but you can hold <clears> them <throat> if you wanted. Jamie's <laughs> so,
0: passing out over there. She's... <laughs> my son,
3: no, my son did a, did a, a project. He's seven on, um, on Iceland actually. And he had to, you know, come up with some local foods that were from Iceland. And I found, um, when I was doing my searching an Icelandic food called Hrutspungar. Do you know what that is? I know I said it wrong, but do you know what that is? Glenn?
0: No, I have I, no idea.
3: I, I do not. Yeah. Okay. I do not. It, I'm not real fluent in the
4: Icelandic language, but it probably means something that yeah. that I would be familiar
3: with. Okay. Well, let's see. Hopefully, you're not too familiar with this local divine dish called hrotspungar, or also known as sour ram's testicles. <laughs> I hope you don't know that. <laughs> you know, I would like to tell you that I haven't tried it's that. It's their version of Rocky Mountain Oysters. Stop, like... <laughs> Hold on. You tried this?
4: I tried this. We went to a restaurant, and they brought out, like, a tray of all of these kind of horrible dishes that we <laughs> wouldn't like. And it was kind of a dare, like, you try that, you try that. And I did get the, the ram's testicles, and I kind of put it in my mouth and swallowed it real quick, just a tiny piece. Um, it, it's kind of like a fermented thing. Just, yeah, I, I don't recommend it. Don't order it as your main
0: dish. <laughs>
3: the sheep's head. Like I was, and we were supposed to make some food that is culturally, uh, and everybody else got like England and you know <laughs> uh, all these normal places. And I was like, oh my god, how am I going to make hardfisker, which is dried fish jerky, or how am I going to do svid, which is a sheep's head on a plate? And I, uh, it was very challenging. Very challenging. We ended up making tapioca pudding for whale blubber. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: There's a reason they drink Brennavin. It's to get all this crap down. (laughs) It,
3: it,
4: It is for those type things. But they do have wonderful food. They have lots of fish, which I know you don't like. And their fish there is fresh out of those Icelandic waters. So it's not real fishy. It's really quite tasty. They serve a lot of lamb which is quite different than our lamb. It doesn't have that gamey taste. It's also very sweet. Um, They have amazing lobster and, you know, they serve regular meals. You can buy a hamburger, you can buy a pizza. So you're not, you're not stuck with some of these cultural things, but they have wonderful food and their vegetables are freshly grown. We've been out on a ride and we'll stop and pick some herbs along the way to, to use in the dinner so everything's very fresh, very locally grown. Um, any meats that you get probably were, you know, brought in from the farm the day before. So quite different than, than what we get. Everything we have is quite processed well, I, here. I,
0: I know we have some adventurous riders in the audience, so hopefully we got one of, or two of those interested. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. Give the website again.
4: Okay, yes. The website for the tour company is riding dash like a phone number dash iceland.com and you can also find me on facebook i have a group called bucket list writing iceland and that way you can get on there and ask all the questions you want and i even pair up our groups and make private little facebook groups so you can meet everybody that's going to be on your tour before you arrive
0: that's true. I, I mean, want to go idea. on the
3: the winter ride of the Northern Lights. Oh, my gosh. $1,500. bucks. i am going to start saving.
0: <laughs> thank you, oh, Lisa. Thank we you appreciate me. it. We have to run. Thanks a bunch. All right. All right. Bye-bye. All
3: Bye.
0: Well, there you go. That's something to strive for, Jamie.
3: Oh my gosh, I want to see the Northern Lights so bad. It's a bucket list thing. I don't like the cold though. So that's kind of been what Well, you're getting used to the
0: cold. Now imagine riding a horse <laughs> while you see the Northern Lights. That I just adds to know. it, right?
3: Yeah. I know. You're getting used like- to the cold.
0: I'm sure it's not any colder there than in Oklahoma.
3: No. Oh, no. no. You, you only no. ride on frozen lakes over there. <laughs> you know, no problem.
0: Yeah, I would dress really warm. I would. I
3: would really that would warm. be like the I would go and I would fly to Iceland with this dream of seeing the Northern Lights <laughs> and I would get on my little horse and I'd ride out and they'd be like, you know, this never happens there's no <laughs> Northern Lights. Like, I don't know what's
0: happening. Yeah, that'd be the week happened. you were there. Sorry. All right, we have to go on. <laughs> it's
1: time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good.
3: It is going to be good. And I'll tell you why, because our listeners and especially our auditors are the ones who submitted these first world problems. They're sad tales of woe that these people have to deal with. And on Sunday nights or Monday mornings, we put a post in the auditor's room and say, tell us what your first world problems are equestrian most of the time. And uh, they let us know. And we shared these tales of woe with you. I can never get to all of them because it's uh, there's a lot of people with a lot of problems. But if you want to participate, Glenn, how can you submit your Equestrian First World Problems.
0: Become an auditor for a little as $3 a month. Go to horseradionetwork.com, right side of the page. Click the auditor banner, and it's quick and easy.
3: We're following along with Diane's venture moving to North Carolina because each, each week is a new problem for her, and this is a problem. So my horses are like now here in North Carolina, but there's not enough space in the tack room for all my stuff. One saddle per horse? Who ever heard of that? Girl, I don't know how you're dealing. Uh, Ariel says, my horse Tux is due for his spring vaccinations. By the way, can I
0: just throw in our us horse husbands love that rule. What a great rule. I think that's a tremendous rule.
3: Moving on. Um, Dental appointment and his feet can need to be trimmed all in one week, which means I can't buy new tack yet. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie says, now that my horse isn't so green anymore, my dressage trainer started focusing all her energy on my issues in the lessons. And now I'm sore. <laughs> Time to quit. <laughs> Get a new horse. I got a new green one for you. Uh Kayla says, My boyfriend started a new job that comes with a company car, but they don't allow you to pick trucks. So once his current truck lease is up in September, I'm gonna have to buy my own.
0: Oh, there's a solution to that. It's time for a new boyfriend. Jeez, boyfriend. trade him in.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. Now, Hillary Hillary says, I have a silver glittery saddle pad, and it fits my mare that I'm riding beautifully, but my trainer, like, hates it, and one of my mates called it tacky. Like, hello, if you're going to name your horse after the Little Mermaid, you'd better expect her to sparkle and shimmer like the sea. Am I right? <laughs> Obviously, her horse's name is Ariel, and um, girl, wear that pad. You know what? If we were all the same, the world would be very boring. So if you want to sparkle, sparkle on, sister. <laughs> Write that down. Put that on a shirt. <laughs> Margaret says, the saddle fitter is coming today to see which of my five saddles we have to fit my new pony, Jacques. But I'm afraid she's going to talk me into like a whole new saddle. <laughs> they sense. always do. <laughs> you Jennifer says, Jamie keeps posting all of these amazing videos of sure. And I don't have time for another horse. Oh my God. Somebody come and adopt this horse. He's amazing. I had a seven-year-old get on him yesterday and ride him around the round pen. He's so quiet. I did plastic on a stick on this horse. Sure. And I usually do like a Glenn. I do like a before video where they're like snorty Mm -hmm. and crazy. And then I show, you know, kind of like the process. And then I show the end result. There was no before. (laughs) <laughs> Literally, I couldn't freak him out at all. I'm pat, putting this like plastic, uh, all these plastic bags on his head. On his, ta- no, he did not care. He's really good. Um, Genesis, so you're saying a, he
0: would be approved proof for Napoleon, he would be a Napoleon horse. He
3: is a Napoleon Bonaparte horse, yes. There you except go. for, Put I don't that think in he'll charge. In a battle. That's pretty, yeah, it's just true. Safe good for Napoleon, horse. good war horse if anybody's looking yeah, for yeah, a cavalry yeah, mount. Yeah uh genesis i'm a shift worker four days on and four days off from the dressage show series i'm planning to attend the summer just happens to fall on the weekends that i'm working so like i've used my paid holidays to take the time off <laughs> Rebecca you says, know four days
0: on four, four that sounds like fun but um, when you're not in those four days right i mean when you're not in the working the four, four
3: days, days off you mean sound
0: amazing <laughs> yeah the four days off four sound days- amazing but uh, except for those four days when you're working and it really sucks
3: Uh, Robin says, even though I have some really, really great horses, I want another one. (laughs) Anna said, I spent so much time outside with my horses this weekend that now I'm behind on horses in the morning.
0: All right, give up those horses. you got to quit the horses because you can't be behind on us. Well,
3: this is Anna, who's like living in basically Antarctica, and she finally, I guess, got to go outside. Um, Rebecca says, it's not really horse-related, but I cleaned the house yesterday, and it took all day. But I have kids, so it's going to be messy tonight. (laughs) I know. We had people over Saturday, and we spent all day cleaning, and then all the people came over, and now my house is back to normal. (laughs) Um, Kelly says, my cold was gelded. Congratulations on brain surgery. Very good. Well done. My cold geld. is gelded and the vet said he needs to be trotted like three to four times a day for 15 to 20 minutes. And that means I have to drive to the barn three times a day and I can't sleep in on the weekends. <laughs> It's only like a week or so you have to do She's it. She's forced the ride. I know. Well, I remember when I gelded Stanley and also castrated uh, Miles, you were very uncomfortable with the trotting for 20 minutes, three times a day, if I recall, Glenn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Lily says this weekend. Oh, wait, no, here she snow blowed paths. So her horses could zoom around, but now it's all iced over. <laughs> That's a weather problem. We don't cover those. <laughs> uh, Carly says I got my very first side saddle, but now I can't ride in it. Cause my horse's back hurts, which came first, the side saddle or the back pain. I don't know. Um, Kelly says my kill. Cal- oh, wait, I already did that one. um, Rochelle says, I need to get a new Roku because my current one is too old to cast from my phone to the TV. And I want to watch all the uni lessons on the TV instead of my phone. The first time I did that, like my dad was here and I was showing him a video of Lucas and I cast it to the TV. You have never seen a man almost have a heart attack. (laughs) Like, like it was like I had a spaceship that had just landed in the yard. He was so freaked out that you could just like do that.
0: We have Roku too, and searching YouTube on Roku sucks. It's that thing where you have to go, you know, click up and down and find the letters, and so it's so much easier to search it on your phone and cast it over. It's just so much easier.
3: Yes, it is. Ugh. Um, There's a first world problem first right world there. Problems. Oh my god, it's so hard to search YouTube on my phone. I'm on my TV. Kristen says, "Finally, last one. I had so much fun with the mounting archery clinic that I ordered my own bow, but it's gonna take forever to get here." <laughs> I did. I got. I, I. I ordered a specific bow too, and it does take a while, but it's totally worth it because the crap bow that I got from like Walmart sucks. So <laughs> yeah, it's totally they, worth getting. They don't
0: make the little plastic kids bows like they used to.
3: <laughs> no, and now all they do is those compound bows, which you could like take down a jet with. Yep. So, uh, you know, good Lord.
1: It's Monday. That means it's time for Horse Nation to stop by with some cleverly written horse stories or just some silly nonsense.
3: We're going to save your life today, right, Deanne? Right. We are saving the world and we are letting you know. I mean, it's, it's March 1st. Spring is coming. You're finally going to start maybe if you got to, I don't know if you're Area lets you leave the farm, you are going to be able to take your horses off the farm. You mean the and trailer's
0: not buried in snow anymore? It's thawing it's out? If it's not buried in
3: snow and COVID hasn't shut down your life, you're <laughs> going to be able to load your horses up and go somewhere. But you know what, Deanne? I have a question for you. What's that? Have you checked your nuts lately? You know, I have to check and make
2: sure I have nuts. But <laughs> once I determine that I do, I will check them.
3: We are, of course, not talking about nuts. We're talking about lug nuts, correct? Correct. And I do have those. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, if you don't have those, your is going to fall apart. I'm in a
2: lot of trouble. Yeah.
3: So talk to us about kind of getting that ready for the springtime and getting your horses off the farm. Yeah. So um,
2: one of our readers sent in this awesome article based on an incredibly scary story and incident that she had happened to her, which I feel like so many of our stories are inspired by like her. People addiction. almost dying. Yeah. People <laughs> almost Everybody's fine. So now it's funny. Um, <laughs> and where they were on the road and basically they're um, like, okay i'm gonna get this wrong so the lug nuts are the nuts themselves but then they're like the bolts they attach to yeah, right the, yeah the lug nuts are the nuts <laughs> I mean, themselves correct like, yeah yes very mechanical over here <laughs> uh, that's I the part know, you unscrew
0: yes yeah,
2: yeah yes. i mean i can do it i just maybe don't know the name of it but um so anyway like two of those broke and the rest of her lugs popped off and the wheel came off while they, of their horse trailer while they were driving like down the road i have had that
0: happen on a f- Six-lane highway, and it is not fun seeing your wheel go across lanes in front of cars.
2: Well, right. And so she was an hour north of San Diego, which is like so literally just freeways, right? Um, and fortunately she was actually driving behind her husband That I don't really remember why, but like either way. So she saw it happen and was able to like call her husband. They got the horse trailer pulled over. Like, thankfully it was a gooseneck and super stable and you know, all the things and they're fine. But, um, but it led to this article about remembering to check your nuts. And it's not just a matter of like, are they tight? They can be too tight. And if they are too tight, um, it can cause the wheel studs to snap off, causing you to lose a wheel. So you have to make sure it's like the whole like Goldilocks of lug nuts, right? Like this one's too loose, this one's too tight, and this one's just right.
3: Good Lord. Now I got to hook up the truck and trailer and go to the dang service center this morning. Now I'm freaking out. But I love the titles of each little tip that you guys have. And tip number one, check your nuts. I know. I love that. And then we've got tip number three. Uh, your nuts could be too loose. And then number four, how big are your nuts? Number five, make sure you have a plan B. (laughs) I see what you did there. I know, right. Isn't that
2: clever. You are so
3: clever. This is actually a great article. And it just, the pictures are enough to scare you half to death. I mean, there is a photo of this, uh, Thing that's holding the tire that usually sits on and it's like this round thing and it's got the, like the things popping out of it and there's two nuts that are missing.
2: Like broken off, and I have the bolts like it broken clean off.
3: And well, basically, I'm saying the rotors are not flush mount to the, the I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. It's a circle thing, and the things go in it. <laughs> I,
0: I, I will say this make sure you do your get your bearings repacked once a year, too, because that will also cause your tire to seize up and go your axle to shear and your tire to go across the road, which is what happened with us. So, mm-hmm. get those bearings done once a year. We just had ours done on our trailer, so uh, we just had that done. Last week.
2: Well, and like something I learned the kind of the hard way, although fortunately nothing bad happened. It just happened when I was like doing my own trailer maintenance is, you know, I'm like a diligent little trailer owner who goes and gets her trailer inspected every year to like avoid getting pulled over and told all the things I'm doing (laughs) that I'm wrong, you know, but I, I think I'm just trying to avoid like a big ticket. So I like take care of the obvious stuff. And now I'm like, do they check the bearings when they do that? I don't know. I need to ask them. And what leads me to that is my previous trailer had like a wooden floor and then like stall mats on top. Right. And one day I'm like pulling the stall. It had just been inspected, pulling my stall mats out so I can like pressure wash the whole thing. And the wood, like where my horse's foot goes, would has started to rot through. And I, that was my first time as a trailer owner. I had kind of assumed those things would be checked when I got the trailer inspected. They are not because the trailer inspection place is not thinking horses. They are thinking, is this trailer roadworthy? Yeah. Yeah. They don't really care about soft wood where your horse stands. Right. So, um, I got out my angle grinder and took out the wood and replaced it in the whole thing. But so now I'm much more diligent about pulling my mats out regularly, which sounds like common sense, but I think it's also really easy to get complacent. Right.
3: But it's also really hard. <laughs> and it's worse.
0: You watched Jamie at uh, Angle Grinder. I'm
3: like, what? You win. <laughs>
2: I sent my husband a picture. I had, like, my hat on backwards with my, like, safety glasses on with my Angle Grinder. And I was like, oh, you know, this is why you married me.
3: Dang, that's hot. Uh yes. Well, hey, if you guys want to see these pictures and realize that you need to call somebody and get your trailer serviced immediately, you can go to horsenation.com. There's also an article really funny about relationship advice from your horse and also uh, innovative horse. there's all sorts of stuff over on horse nation and Deanne, as always, we thank you so much for being on. And now it's almost like the Wednesday segment where we get freaked out by horse health. Now we have like jobs we have to do (laughs) more things to do on the barn, (sighs) on the barn, on the trailer, whatever, all the, all the things on the farm that you have to do. Just add this one to your list. Thanks, Deanne. Yep, sure thing. You guys have a great
0: week. Well, that's it for today's show. Now, what what did we learn today? We learned that you can ride in Iceland and be a vegetarian. I was kind of surprised at that, that they grow all their own stuff, because it is an island that only has summer that's about two weeks long. So they must have greenhouses or something.
3: (laughs) I can't believe all of this. That's what you learned. That's what I took out of it. I thought you were going
0: to starve to death while you were in Iceland.
3: I thought I was, we were going to talk about how I was going to make you a millionaire. By <laughs> oh, and you're going to your lose
0: shoulder. $46. That's the other thing I learned.
3: Well, I, you know, I did find out because I have now researched it uh, thoroughly. It's, they haven't even opened it up yet because they're expecting it to happen. So you can go in and click on indicate interest. And there are other resources that you can also uh, be invested maybe in. Maybe one so. that's a
0: little younger that hasn't already won all the money.
3: Well, we've got Motion Emotion, Social Dilemma, Action Bundle, Gutstormy, oh. and Monomoy Girl. Those are all the ones that you can buy shares in right now. What
0: Action Bundle was one of them? Uh,
3: Action Bundle. Oh, I
0: like that name. You know I go by names. Action Bundle.
3: I'm just shocked that I'm like, I want to buy a part of Monomoy Girl, and she's a chestnut mare. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's true. That's true. You know, you don't have – you're not going to do as well with the breeding part of that. You Realize that, right?
3: I don't think that, that, I don't have any part of that, just racing. it's just
0: racing, okay. Somebody else buys a share of that part.
3: Yeah, I can't afford that.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Remember, auditors, hang on, because we're going to be speaking to announcer John Kyle, coming up next, right after we say goodbye to everybody else. We appreciate you being here, and we'll be here tomorrow. It'll be a special Mustang episode with the Mustang Heritage Foundation. We'll be here Cut there. Is it Mustang Heritage Foundation? Yes. Okay. Three, two, one. The Mustang Heritage Foundation will be here, so join us then for another special Mustang episode. And then Jamie will be back on Wednesday. So we look forward to a full week with you here on Horses in the Morning. Thanks everybody.
3: Spay Neuter Geld.
0: Can they if the expenses go up, can they add to your bill forty six dollars?
3: Well, I'm spending money right now because I'm looking up trailer repair services that travel to you. <laughs> All right. Cut there. Ch- Ch- Chad just what's wrong with our trailer? <laughs> we need to get the bearings packed and the nuts checked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Chad, you need to get your nuts oh, checked.
3: <laughs> he said we already did that. Oh, okay, you're good. That's yeah. why you marry somebody who's on top of their shit, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's used to having to make
0: sure everything works or he dies. Apparently,
3: you do it yeah. like every year. He says we're due. Okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, he has to make sure things work, because if things don't work in his job, he dies.
3: He does the walk around. Every time I'm leaving, he does a walk around in my trailer like he does the airplanes.
0: All right, I need to talk to him about flying here, and now I've watched all these videos, too. Not today, but another post-show. I need to get Chad back on. Okay. Okay? I'm trying to find John Kyle. Hold on here on Skype. Uh, I'm sure I had him on here.
3: Do you ever, like, look at your Facebook and all of a sudden you have, like, 63 notifications? Because I notifications, like, I kind of try to keep up with so I can make sure everybody's getting answers that they want. And, uh, had, like, 63 notifications when I went to the bathroom. I was like, oh, my God, what is it? And it's like one person clicks, like, on every single yes. photo. Yeah, well, we, <laughs> get the,
0: we get that a lot where they click on, because I have so many pages, they'll go through all the shows and click on them. So, uh, all right, let's get John on. That should be easier than it is. Come on, John. There he is. Looks like he might be on. All right, let's give him a try. We haven't talked to him in a while since probably the beginning of COVID. We talked to him. Mm-hmm. I think that was probably the last time. Hello, Mr. Kyle. How are you?
1: Hi, hi. Where is that noise coming from?
0: Of me. Glenn,
1: I know, but coming, <laughs> this voice—I'm the noise. My headphones, but it's coming through my. Uh... Oh, this is crazy! Try getting there now.
0: Uh, can you hear me now?
1: Yeah, that's
0: better. You're on the air, by the way. Um, we are in our. Oh, I, I wanted to let you know we're in our post show, which is for our super fans—people uh, who actually pay. So you can say anything you want. We're even allowed to swear in this part. So um, just saying, this is oh.
1: Oh, that that, 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 that note, don't take the brakes off. <laughs> right?
3: John, that's what I said. I'm like, I have spent the last 20 years trying to learn not to cuss into a microphone. <laughs> yeah.
0: She, By the way, in the post show, she does very well with the cuss words. She's learned very quickly. <clears throat> that is hard. Uh,
1: it's too hard. Uh, it's, this is my usual time of year to be on because it's around when I'm in Live Oak, but I'm, I'm disappointed that it's not the day of, of real bad ads.
0: Oh, you're right. Uh. You're right. It isn't. And this is the time we were just talking about before we got you on when the last time you were on, I think it was at the beginning of COVID, and we asked you what the hell you were going to do all year. And so what did you do all year?
1: Not a lot. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we introduced a new meal to our day. Um, We now have tea time at 5pm. Yeah. Where
3: where are you right now?
1: Oh, so right now, this is super exciting. I'm in Doha, Qatar. Or cutter, as I think you guys say in America. Yeah,
3: right. Guitar, yeah. yeah. Why? What? It, what that's awesome.
1: Uh, I am, uh, and and you know, buckle up, people. I'm doing horse shows. Really? Um, yeah. I got on a plane. I came out here. Uh, they let you uh, out of yeah, England? Did, uh, via, um, yeah. England is, you know bit of a bit of, bit of a road stage at the moment so i i went home to my family in ireland for a week so that i could travel oh to you snuck out <laughs> yeah um i am oh i'm five COVID tests into this thing now and i've got another few to go before i get back to normal at home oh my god so what's
0: it like calling shows over there is it different
1: no I, this is entirely normal uh this is a. Uh, a show where they import the five star, um, field. Um, last week we had dressage power, dressage and show jumping, uh, and the jumpers are going to stay for a second week and jump the first leg of the global champions tour, um, starting Thursday. So we have been, um, we've been very lucky. We have our own representatives from the ministry of public health downstairs, um, this hotel, um, the buses that take us to and from the venue and are part of the venue have been made into a bubble. Um, They are testing us uh, very frequently um, and basically they have made us into one very large household. Um, The ballroom facility at the hotel is our entrance and exit. It is our dining room Um, at at the showground. They've isolated part of the building um, specifically for us. Anyone from the organization who needs to work with us came into the hotel 10 days ago and is staying with us in this system
0: all wow. i heard was how is your nose after all that poking oh my god
1: <laughs> <laughs> um the, the, yeah there's a variety of techniques um <laughs> for, for from you know brain exploration down to you know a gentle swab um, <laughs> i think I've, I, I've, I've had everything in between yeah.
0: <laughs> i guess it beats what the chinese are doing over there now which is like horrific <laughs> it's like the anal swabs in China now—it's like, why did we give up on the nose and go there? Uh,
1: so just you see, that's how everyone had it right twelve months ago when they were getting the TP. <laughs> <laughs> they saw this. Come. Do
0: you speak Arabic? Is that why you're you're the announcer over there?
1: Absolutely not. Oh, I mean, <laughs> as you well as you well know, I can barely speak English. Um, <clears throat> no, the um, uh, or American. Um, I, uh, <laughs> no, I have a very, very nice Arab lady from the, uh, the show organizers who works alongside me. Um, no, I'm just here to provide, you know, a, a little bit of, uh, <clears throat> sophistication to what would otherwise be a vulgar brawl.
0: Do you know how to, s- any words in Arabic?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Several. Yeah. Uh, Bathroom? I know, uh, wakud is oil. Um, Faris <laughs> is rider. Um, we hear that a lot. And and furacere, do you remember when they, uh, that is actually a real word. So furacere is like, you know, the equestrian lifestyle um, uh, and equestrianism and sort of, you know, chivalry and that sort of thing. So that that's all summed up in furacere.
3: I it's thought they banned that. His- that was like that fluorescent orange stuff that you'd smear on your horses' cuts. Oh, that's furacere. See, it's the same <laughs> thing. It sounds just the same. <laughs>
0: So John we read your statement this morning. Oh man, you know, we were having that big battle to have our five star over here and then everybody kept saying, look, they're doing it over there. Badminton's going to happen a week after so we should be able to do it if they can do it and then they canceled.
1: Yeah, I mean it's two incredibly different situations. The financial model of badminton allowed them to run. They they were running 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 um and and the hurdle they fell at was um actually a hurdle that the guys at Kentucky didn't have Kentucky is allowing crowds and and this sort of thing. Uh, when it came to it today, there was obviously a, 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 you know, in the last maybe seven days, there has been a gateway meeting with the, the local authority and it was just felt that it's not possible to set up something that like, it's so difficult. It's, it's farmland. It's, I mean, how many of us who've grown up near horse parks or something know the back way to sneak in? Um, You know, I I don't know the exact situation that they've had to go through, but the local council have said, look, in the situation that the country is planning to be in at that particular moment, this does still not feel like the most sensible thing to do, to run an event that has the capacity, the attraction in a normal year to bring a quarter of a million people. Um, And it's. Of course, incredibly sad for the industry, and and you know for Jane and Andrew, the co-directors. I'm I'm absolutely distraught for them for the for their efforts and for the for the Beaufort Estates team as well. Uh, you know, and 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 the sponsors who are so looking forward to to getting going with badminton and and really making their mark on it after after so many years of issue motors. But you know, we are incredibly lucky as an industry. I think there's a lot of people sitting out in the boonies who their life, with the exception of not having horse shows to go to, their life hasn't really changed. I live in a big city and I see, you know, people's lives changing, the isolation, the mental health problems. Um, And, you know, that's quite difficult to convey to people who are still able to, you know, hack over to their friends and things. And I think this is just a little bit of the global situation suddenly impacting on the countryside. Um, And, you know, reminding them that this is this is a bigger issue than just our desire to play ponies um and and i absolutely know that five-star venting is is not playing ponies it's it's incredibly important for for sponsors for owners for riders making their living but a, as an industry can we look people on mechanical ventilation in the eye and say it was necessary to run badminton
0: now, you guys are, are, you know, and I've been following the news and I was talking to you a little bit this morning. You guys are doing really well at the vaccination thing, probably even better than we are. Uh, you're making great progress. I saw a report last week that England is so far, the whole UK is so far ahead of the rest of Europe. Uh, you guys are like leaps and bounds ahead of getting everybody vaccinated.
1: Yeah, we we signed some some very good contracts with the suppliers that, that, that secured the supply and we've set up what seems to be a very good system. I think the, the last big number that came in the 20, last 24 hours is we're now over 20 million first vaccinations given, which is out of a population of um, high 60 millions. Um, 23rd, I mean, I'm, I'm a yeah. third. Yeah, I'm just in my and You know, we're not currently planning to do under 18s. And I don't know what proportion of the population they are as well. Um, I am uh, ridiculously for somebody who is so on grown up. I am in my early 40s. Um and I should get my first job in the next four weeks.
0: Wow, you'll be ahead of you're definitely ahead of us that way. Of course I live in a state where eighty percent of the population is over sixty five, so it's gonna take months just to get them done so you know
1: <laughs> I, uh, I, I still say that the you know the the government of philadelphia and new york should be sending you know some down for for their residents
0: yeah they're down here you i agree
3: <laughs> i mean that's amazing because john you and i are about the same age and and I, there's no talk at all of anybody close to my age you know our age getting vaccinated
1: not yeah, at we, all we they set out an ambitious timetable to get All the over 70s done by uh, and also some people of any age who who have underlying health conditions by by Valentine's Day. They hit that milepost. The all over 50s then were to be done by the end of March. And actually, they feel that they're sending the final invitation letters out to the over 50s in the next two weeks.
3: That makes so much more sense, Glenn. That, that, that to do it by age, as opposed to like, okay, those of you that work in the healthcare field, you come, and then now those of you that are uh, working in the grocery oh. stores, come. You know, it's so much more sensible just to do an age, like you guys are.
1: You know, it's it's really interesting. I mean, the science, you know, in different countries will lead to different results. We our our vaccine center was under a lot of pressure from, just like you said. Obviously, healthcare officials did were, were uh, frontline healthcare workers were done first, but. Yeah, absolutely that. The other frontline people, police, uh, teachers, um, the, the, the the grocery store workers, you're absolutely right, uh, council workers out doing, you know, on street maintenance and things, they all felt that they had a thing. But the JCVI, who's the, the, the body that advises government came back and said, the quickest way yeah, to absolutely. control this is to just go down the ages.
0: Well, I, you know, I was counting on the anti-vaxxers not getting vaccines for me to get mine sooner uh but now the latest study here last week showed that uh, there's less and less anti-vaxxers all every day now as they see it's working and people aren't dying more and more people are going, well maybe that vaccine thing isn't so bad after all." so it's ruining my plan, putting me back further in line
1: when, when we did a uh, when the calculator first came up in the uk it was um, they, they based it on the winter flu jab and they said it, the number was i think about 67 percent uptake. The uptake now is um, so far is I think more in the line of eighty yeah, percent. I
0: thought, yeah, that's um, what's going to happen here too.
1: But but also I think the uptake will stay, will 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 drift back down to uh, sixty seven or so percent because I think as we get into the younger age groups, not as many people are going to feel that it is critical for right. them. To take or they've it. already I think had the change, it or whatever. Yeah. The the change will be if. Um, if we introduce vaccination passports to get into Mm. venues um, because you have these, uh, these, what are they called? Uh, Flow tests, lateral flow tests, which can give a a 15 minute pretty accurate result. Um, And I think we're going to start seeing them come in for stadium events for maybe cinemas, theaters, this sort of thing, nightclubs. Um, So if you've got a passport, you don't need to turn up the hour before and take these tests and be in a big queue uh, you could maybe roll straight in, and that might make the uptake uh, go up.
0: Huh. Well, that's interesting. I, you know, I, I think we're going to see passports for cruises and things like that too. Uh, you know, and, and can you imagine the the uh, uproar about passports? That well, that's already started. I mean, that's going to be a political thing too. That'll be fun. It,
1: it, it is, and you know, there are. There are legitimate reasons, the same as you know, with mask wearing. There are legitimate health reasons why people might not have to wear masks. There are legitimate health reasons why people might not choose to take the vaccine. But I think if you are, if you're just choosing to take it because you don't believe in it, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm afraid, you know, this is a, it's we're a civilized society and everyone is required to participate in some way.
0: Wait a minute! Um, wait a minute! Um, wait, a minute um, wait a minute! Wait a minute! That's where you're. That's where you're living in a fantasy world.
3: <laughs> you guys, this is boring. We have junk on. We're talking politics. I want to talk about horses. All right. Well, it's let like me ask this then
0: sticks. to lead uh, to do a transition. So, with all of that said, and how well you guys are doing, are you going to be back to quote unquote semi-normal show-wise by fall? You think?
1: I'd love to say yes. Um, is yeah, anybody I'm booking
0: awesome. you for fall events?
1: Do you know what? I don't know. I think I do my business entirely wrong. I re- reached out to an event. Um, <laughs> I, I get a lot of bookings, like sort of last minute and stuff, And I don't know whether it's people who think I'm aware of stuff. But I reached out to an event and said, hey, I might be in your area doing events before and after, blah, blah, blah. I'm wondering if you're interested. And it's an event that had never booked me this early. I was reaching out to them and I thought, great, I might just catch a catch a nice tail end of something here. They went, oh yeah, no, we are totally booked. We've got announcers. We've got contracts out and done. I was like, who are these people who are getting so organized? Because <laughs> it never happens to me. They had um, time. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 so the, 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 the tricky thing for me is I think a lot of my business is traveling. Um, and it's difficult to just understand quite yet what will mean. I mean, I'm very lucky. I've got um, several weeks contracted with T-Bird up in British Columbia. Uh, but at the moment, we still don't know whether that's possible. But, of course, if it's not possible for me to come in and announce it also won't be possible for, you know, a lot of good international riders to go to the show. So the status of the show will change enormously. Um, It's just so difficult. I mean, you know, two weeks after, uh, after badminton is Chatsworth and I think Chatsworth will probably happen in the UK. um, That's also normally Windsor horse show weekend Windsor will show shows a very different financial model. But that got pushed with. back,
0: right? Timeline?
1: Exactly. That has now been pushed back to the 1st of July. Um, they had tried to get uh, some, some later dates in the calendar as a fallback. And luckily they have been allowed to fall back to one of those. So, um, I mean, I think that's very good. And, um, you know, to have strong show organizers like that, I mean, they've got huge amounts of events experience inside and outside equestrianism. So, to run that event, I think is going to be really indicative for uh, what happens for you know the next year. You know, normal. We we have a, a a line from our government saying back to normal in June. I think normal is going to feel like what I'm going through these couple of weeks, which is there's less people sitting around a table. You do sort of stay meter-ish from people you. You walk to the other side of a corridor as you're going down a building and stuff. Um, And and that's people I I know and trust because we're all in this in this situation together. We've just become that little bit more standoffish with each other. Um, And I think, you know, that's going to persist for a while until we uh, we genuinely do feel like it's normal, not just that we're told it's normal.
0: Well, if we never, if I never have to go to a podcasting conference again and shake a thousand hands in a weekend, and have to wash my hands five thousand times, I, oh would be so I will, be so so will be so happy. I will be so happy. There will be any hands. colds anymore. Uh, colds will be non-existent anymore. If I don't have to shake hands, be happy. John. So, yeah, no.
1: I, go on. Yeah.
3: Sorry. Much like the Kentucky Derby, they put, they postponed it to October. Is there any chance that maybe badminton can be rescheduled for the fall? That might be a silly question. I don't know.
1: I, it is not a silly question at all because I mean that, I mean, is probably the first thing that anyone asks, as I understand it, the estate policy doesn't allow it because of the farming that's needed the mm-hmm. rest of the year. Uh, um, so, so, so that is our window. I mean, the, you know, with, with an event that has been it's before they for, do the planting,
0: we don't destroy the fields that way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So when 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 the event has been in the farming calendar for that long, the whole agricultural structure of the estate is kind of built around what the event needs. But that block of time and effort can't be moved elsewhere in the thing or else they they almost lose like probably two years of agricultural output.
0: Do, do they, I always wow. have wondered about this. So that's a big estate, so that's a big, no. big house and everything. Do they get a certain percentage of the money or do they charge a flat fee to run the thing there? How's
1: that work? The estate. So, uh, yeah, I, I I don't know the exact details, but my my understanding is that Badminton Horse Trials is an event run by the Beaufort estate. Okay. Uh, they, they employ Jane and Andrew and they are affiliated to the FEI and British eventing.
0: So it's different than like the Kentucky horse park doesn't run that event. It's different. They actually run yeah. the
1: event. Okay. Got it. Absolutely. Got
0: it. Interesting. Well, John, we'll let you go. You have, uh, you have to get over there and get, uh, learn how to say all those names again, memorize them all. See oh, if you remember yeah. how to do that. <laughs> so, uh, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. And good luck this year. We hope you get a thousand bookings.
1: Oh, well, that would be good. There's, there's only 52 weekends in the year and there's only one of me and, Thanks thanks to running nearly 1,000K last year, there's slightly less of me than there used to be.
0: You are. You've been running your (laughs) little butt off over there. I've seen all the pictures. Good for you. We can put you in the badass category now because you are.
1: Uh, I I don't don't think so. (laughs) Bye, John. (laughs) Toodaloo. See (laughs) you.
3: Thanks, John.
0: He and Pippa, uh, his uh, significant other, are uh, real big marathon runners. And uh, did a lot of running this past year. Wow. So, yep. So they're uh, they're really big into that. Not so much here. Jamie and I aren't so much into running marathons. I uh,
3: I will definitely run. If something's chasing <laughs> me. Exactly.
0: All right. Thanks, everybody. See you All tomorrow. Right,